Growing Up with a growing understanding speech pathology. Conversations about children's development that will support you through your parenting journey. Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up with a Growing Understanding Speech Pathology. Today I am joined by Deborah Kelly who is a children's book author and Deborah has actually won a number of awards for some of her books. For one of her books, The Thing About Oliver, she has been nominated for Book of the Year for the Australian Association of Family Therapists and this book was also shortlisted for Speech Pathology Australia's Book of the Year which is also one for some of her other books and it's also been shortlisted for the CBCA Book of the Year. It was a pleasure talking with Deborah today and sharing some of her experiences as initially training as a marine biologist turning into a children's book author and how that's shaped some of her writings. Thanks so much for coming in. Lovely to speak with you today, Deborah. Lovely to meet you too. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. So I I always love hearing about people's stories. So it's, you know, quite timely and and relevant that Mm -hmm. I hear a little bit about what your story is and how you came to be an author and how you came to be where you are now. Okay, well, it's sort of, it's not a direct road. And I actually studied marine biology and environmental management at uni, and that was the path that I was going to go down. But I did lots of different jobs, travelled for four years, and then eventually had my own children all through my travels. And even as a child, even from when I was seven, I've always written poetry and kept journals. But it wasn't until I had kids of my own that I was reading so many picture books to them every day. And I thought, there's quite a lot of similarities between poetry and children's books, particularly picture books. So I thought I would have a go at writing some of my own. And of course, it's not as easy as a lot of people think. And some of those early attempts, thank goodness, will never see the light of day. But I got a little bit of feedback from different publishers and I wasn't quite at the level that I needed to be. So I did a whole bunch of courses here at Newcastle and down in Sydney and just really refined my craft. And I'm still refining my craft of writing. It takes a lifetime, I think. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and you must enjoy it. You must love it to dedicate yourself to that level of learning and mm. and progress. You must enjoy writing on lots of different topics. Absolutely. It feels like just a calling, really. It feels like what I'm made for. Yeah, poetry, books. Books are a huge part of our lives. And my kids are both avid readers. We have literally thousands of books in our house. And that is no exaggeration. Um, We've just moved house twice in a year. So we've had to carry all of those with us. (laughs) Um, Yeah, look, books are a huge part of my life. And, you know, I think that books have the potential to just make people feel less alone. Um, You know, during COVID, I think that, well, I know that book sales went through the roof. People turned to books, to movies, to all of those art forms for comfort and to feel less alone during what was quite a a scary year. So, yeah. We're the same in our household. My Mm. husband often talks about how we need to get rid of books and it it feels like such a travesty when we have to Mm. go through and work out which books we're going to get rid of because all of them are so precious to us. But um, we love, (laughs) we've got more books than a library, I'm sure. But what are you reading at the moment in your household? What's on the bedside 
table. Oh, if you could only see my bedside table. I have a tower of books that's almost reaching the ceiling, actually. But at the moment, I'm reading a book that my dad gave to me. It's called Difficult Women, (laughs) A History of Feminism in 11 Fights. And I love that my dad gave it to me. He's in his 70s. But I love even more that he read it before he gave it to me. And we've been discussing that. Prior to that, I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I don't know if you've read that one. Every woman should read that book. It's absolutely brilliant. I could not do it justice by telling you what it's about, but it's, it's. I guess it's about the untaming of women and allowing women to live their true path and shed their roles and be who they're destined to be. So I have loved that. I've actually read it twice. So. <laughs> Are you concerned about your child's communication and language skills? A growing understanding speech pathology will help you and your child grow confidence and communication skills. Visit agrowingunderstanding.com.au to make an appointment today. An interesting question for you in terms of, you know, you're talking about how books are a big part of your family and that you're reading quite a lot and lots of different (coughs) books. For, for some of the families that we work with, reading books can be really challenging and can be really mm. hard. How would you encourage families to start introducing reading and books and in, introduce that to their family and their routines? Well, it's never too early. I mean, even just, I know it might sound a bit silly, but even when you're pregnant, I, I would read books and I would talk and the baby's listening even when they're in utero and then as soon as the baby's born I used to read to my newborns and you know they're learning the rhythms of language and when they're toddlers even though they're you know holding the book and turning it around and tipping it upside down they're learning how a book works you know where to start um, how to turn the pages all of those things are really important the very fact that you look from left to right that's all crossing the midline as well which are all skills that we need for reading so really you do a lot of the groundwork before kids even start to learn the alphabet Mm. and just you know taking them to the library when they're little joining you know the little library groups that they had I I think it was called Books and Babies at Lake Macquarie City Libraries I took both of my children there when they were newborns and you know they start off reading a book and then there's music but they learn rhythm and they learn rhyme and language and it all it all comes together and when they start school they know what a book is and how it works and it's amazing how even when I would go into the libraries when the kids were little I would sit down on the floor and as soon as I'd pull a book off the shelf and start reading to my two more kids would come over because nothing brings people together like a story Mm. humans need stories I I think so and I Mm. love that process of storytelling and and sharing information and from a speech pathology perspective I think you know how you've described it is exactly right that it's about Mm. learning language and sharing and connection and all of those things that can be so important yeah Yeah. absolutely Yeah. yeah In terms of, you you referenced your dad earlier in that he gave you the book that you're reading at the moment. Do you Mm. have memories growing up and a favourite memory growing up? Related to books or just in general? Oh, a little bit. Well, whichever one comes to mind, but yeah, potentially around Mm. book reading and, and, yeah, and books. Well, we always had books in our home. I grew up on a farm in New Zealand in the 80s and 90s and... I was in a family that we didn't have a lot of excess money, so we didn't really have very many toys at all. And also my parents were not into buying stuff. 
They were quite ahead of their time, actually. They didn't buy us a lot of things, but we always had plenty of art materials and we had plenty of books. And so over the summer holidays, I would spend, you know, the eight-week or nine-week holiday almost completely on my own. My older sisters would be out doing things with their friends and I'd just be on the farm by myself. And so I learned to make things out of natural products and sticks and peg dolls and you know, made forts down in the gully and things like that. And I just cultivated a great imagination. And I just have wonderful memories of singing to the cows, actually, on our farm. We had cattle on our farm and I used to sit. And I don't know if you've ever tried this, but if you start singing, a herd of cows will crowd around and listen to you. They love music. No way. They do. And they make you feel like a total rock star, even if you're a terrible singer, which I am. <laughs> I've got to try that. I, I, <laughs> one of the little known facts about me is that I used to be the president of the Newcastle show. So oh, right. I, I have lots of different exposures to yeah. lots of animals and livestock. Yeah. And so maybe next time at the show, I can always yeah belt out a tune and see what happens with the cattle and whether they'll Absolutely. Yeah. They do. They're very curious. Curious creatures and they love music. That's why I think dairy farmers play music when they milk the cows because it relaxes them. And yeah, so I have happy memories of that. But also from the age of seven, I wrote little short stories and illustrated them and I still have them. I still have those little books that I wrote when I was seven. And when I do school visits now, I take those books with me and I show the children, look, you know, this is and they're very yellowed and old and the kids say, Wow, they look like they should be in a museum and they probably do, but they um they show the kids what can happen if you believe in your dreams and you work really hard to achieve them. Yeah. So mm. I love that. We want to know who you'd like to hear from or what topics you would like us to discuss so we can continue to grow together. Reach out via email to growingup at agrowingunderstanding.com.au. One of the books that you very kindly brought in for me is The Thing About Oliver. Mm -hmm. And that certainly touches on, you know, experiences with a speech pathologist yes. and, and in particular, yeah, a, a child's journey around different therapies and things as well. Can yeah. you tell me a little bit about The Thing About Oliver? Yeah, sure. So The Thing About Oliver is a middle grade novel. So it's for children about 10 to 12. The main character is Tilly, who's passionate about sea creatures and dreams of becoming a marine scientist one day but the only trouble is she lives in a very small drought-stricken town with her mum and her younger brother Oliver who has autism and much of the family's money and time is spent taking Oliver back and forth to different therapies, occupational therapists, psychologists, speech therapists. And so there's never any time or money left over for swimming lessons for Tilly. And even if there was, there's no water in the local pool anymore. Tilly's family circumstances change. Her mother loses her job and the landlord puts the rent up so the family have no option but to move to the coast, which at first Tilly's very excited because, of course, they'll be close to the Great Barrier Reef and she's always dreamed of, of going on the Great Barrier Reef. But she's also terrified because... Oliver is, he's not able to cope with change, even minor changes to his daily routine very well at all. And of course, moving house and being in a completely different environment is going to throw him. So it's about Tilly, I guess, reaching for her dreams despite seemingly impossible odds. But it's also about family relationships, difference in diversity. I hope that it will help children cultivate empathy towards children who are different. And it's also about glass children, which I don't know if you may have heard that term, but 
It's a term that's often used to describe the siblings of children with special needs whose needs often take um, second place to their sibling and they often feel as though they're invisible and that, you know, they're not really seen. And I wanted to write this book to say to those kids, you know, I see you and to make them feel less alone. I love that. I love that. And I love mm. that you've also integrated some of your interests. You know, you said that you always <laughs> wanted to be a marine biologist yeah. and conservationist. So I love that, yeah, that you've embedded some of your story into that as well. There's a lot of sea creature facts in there. And I had a lot of fun when I, so I moved to Australia when I was 16 and lived up in Cairns and did my scuba diving license up there. And learned about, I studied marine biology in Townsville and just fell in love with the reef. And it's this book has been a fantastic opportunity to share some of those really quirky and fun facts with kids. And when I launched the book, I actually did like a quiz slideshow and the kids got really into it. You know, there's an, a jellyfish called a fried egg jellyfish that looks exactly like a fried egg. And one of the questions was, I had a photo of it up there and they had to guess the name of it. And they all guessed it right because kids just, you know, they're able to do things like that. And yeah, I, I've had a lot of fun with this book as well. So I'm excited yeah. to read it with my children. So my children yeah. are seven and nine at the yeah, moment. Okay. And my daughter, who is seven, she would like to be a marine biologist. Mm-hmm. And and so she, she loves sea turtles and she has lots of animal sea creature facts that she likes to follow. So she will love it. But she would be what you would classify as a glass child as well. So my yeah. son, who's nine, is autistic. And so, you know, very lots of things that I'm wow. sure that they're going to love. And so they will just, yeah, totally absorb this book. So I'm excited to oh, share that wonderful. with them. Yeah. Well, I pretty much wrote it for kids like your daughter. So I hope she enjoys it. I'd love to hear what she thinks of it too. Yeah, I'll certainly <laughs> share because I think, yeah, it's, it's so... It's so nice to be able to have resources for Mm. not only the children who are needing supports from speech pathologists and other professionals, but yeah, to recognize the siblings as part Mm. of the family and the importance to help yeah, them to be able to grow up is, yeah, amazing as well. Absolutely. Mm. And I think that Tilly, I think kids will, or siblings will identify with Tilly because she loves her brother intensely and deeply, but she doesn't always like him. And it's it's very honest. It's a very honest portrayal. And it's not always pretty, but that is life and that is family relationships. But there's a obviously very strong love that goes all the way through the book and it ends with a lot of hope. Yeah. Grow with us and join an active community of parents on Facebook at A Growing Understanding and Instagram, Grow Understanding. From a a speech pathology perspective, you said it touches on the speech pathologist in the in the book as well. Mm -hmm. What's your experience being with speech pathologists, whether it's researching the book or your own experiences? What what do you think speech pathologists do? Well, I've seen firsthand the incredible difference that speech pathologists and occupational therapists can can have a positive impact on a child's development. My son saw a speech pathologist in the first, I think from when he was four till when he was about seven, and an occupational therapist as well. The work that they do is a lot more varied than I had initially thought. It's communication disorders, but also children born with cleft lip, cleft palate, lisps, swallowing disorders, all kinds of things. But also our speech pathologist helped my son to, I guess, following 
more complex instructions, so sort of motor planning stuff as well. You know, one and two part, three part instructions. She practiced a lot of that stuff with him as well, which was wonderful. Um, yeah, I had fantastic experience, and actually, I have applied to study speech pathology at Newcastle University. Amazing. I haven't had it been offered a place yet, so I probably shouldn't really be even talking about this. <laughs> but this is a dream that I've had for a little while, and I'm really, really hoping that I get accepted because I find it fascinating, and I want to help kids in the same way that my child has been helped enormously. That's so. amazing. Well, you have to keep me posted about whether you get a place. I will. And then <laughs> well, if you don't hear from me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep our fingers and toes crossed. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in and joining us today. So lovely to hear about all the work that you're doing and a little bit about you. Where can people find information about your work and your writing? I do have a Facebook page, um, Deborah Kelly Author, and I have a website, deborahkelly.com.au, although I've been really naughty and haven't updated it very recently. But if you just look online, you can get any of my books online or at our local bookstore, McLean's Booksellers in Hamilton. Most bookstores can order them in. And the thing about Oliver can also be bought directly from Wombat Books. Yeah, fabulous. Mm. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely to chat. If you found this podcast helpful, visit our website for resources, information and advice that will support you during your family's speech pathology journey and help your child grow.